You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football rap fantasy round football oh my goodness it's already yeah it's the this, three amigos podcast now we're back we're back baby yeah it's it's been a long thursday which sucks it's thursday's usually like my favorite day of the week this is easy at my day job but we're back for another thursday episode uh dennis and matt are here we've got tight ends on the docket we're finally able to finish up going over the 2020 finishers here uh we're going to go through actually it's top 24 i made a joke about this on tuesday there wasn't gonna be 24 players to talk about and then i looked at the sheet or actually i mean there's 24 tight ends that are worth at least talking about and how much discussion we will find out. And then we're obviously going to go over some of the uh, NFL news and notes as well that have happened over the past couple of days, some free agent stuff. Uh, and then obviously we will dive heavier into free agency next week on both shows as we get closer to franchise tag days and the start of the actual NFL free agency. Dennis, Matt, how you guys doing on this beautiful Thursday? Man, I am fantastic. Thursday is my favorite day, too, because I don't work Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So <laughs> I, at about 9 o'clock on Thursday as I'm getting in my car to go, go to work, I'm always like, man, let's start counting that down till 6 o'clock. It's been a I week. I had imagine. a meeting on Tuesday night, a meeting on Wednesday night, podcast oh, yeah. tonight. 
Yeah, th- Thursday is my Friday too. So that right there, of course, uh, Colorado is celebrating. By yesterday was sixty degrees, sunny, light wind. Today, forty miles an hour in gusts from the north, overcast, snowing, upper thirties. Welcome to your weekend, boys. Yeah, I was gonna try and make a smart comment, but last time I did that, I ended up with like negative twenties and blizzards here in Texas. So I, you know, I figure I'm sorry that you're dealing with that, and I, I just hope that that does not come back this way again anytime soon. That's what I will say. Brand, uh, brand new level of empathy, huh? Yeah, I, I, you know, I learned my lesson, and I'll just say I'm sorry that you have to deal with that, and I pray every night that it ends quickly for you, and definitely doesn't come back this way again because. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'm just going to be honest. All right, so let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, Number one in Fantasy Pros finish this year is probably fairly obvious to to everybody, and that is Travis Kelsey. We all had him ranked number two. Uh, we'll just, I'll just go ahead and say it. Obviously he got injured and did not get to play that much, which was Mr. George Kittle, who is all we, we all had ranked as tight end one. We'll talk more about him when we get down on the list of where he actually finished. But Kelsey number two, I think for me, some of it was I expected Kansas city to likely try and run the ball a little bit more after they drafted Clyde Edwards. He in the first round and thought maybe with Tyree Kill stepping up as well. They've got all these other weapons. Kelsey wouldn't have a bad year. We still had him at two. Maybe not be, you know, like a wide receiver one as well at the tight end position. Don't really see that changing either anytime soon just with the way that he's been playing. But Dennis, thoughts on Kelsey, the year he had, and what you see from him moving forward. Well, I think it's more like Clyde Edwards' despair. Am I right? Am I right? (laughs) No. Uh, Kelsey was a – you don't know how how hard it was for me to hold that in when it came to my brain while you were talking. I I saw the twinkle in your eyes. That's what I was trying to get through as quick as I could. No, I I think Kelsey did what we expected him to do. Um, Going into last season, you could have just as easily flipped a coin – and I think uh, we tended I, – I feel like we had Kelsey at two and Kittle at one because of the weapons around Kelsey are better. And, and the quarterback is obviously better. So it doesn't surprise anybody, though, that Kelsey, you know, had, what, 7,000 targets and caught all of them. No, Kelsey's a bona fide stud, and – He's, what, 31 years old now or something? He's still got a, a few good years left in him. Uh, I don't I, – I drafted him in a startup last year in, I think, the second round. Um, and I, I don't regret it one bit. Uh, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. He's got a, a – the situation in Kansas City, uh, if I had to characterize it as – Anyway, it's it's that it's stable. You've got Andy Reid, you've got Patrick Mahomes. Um, they do need to maybe get a little more depth on the offensive line. I think that showed this this uh, year in the Super Bowl when they lost their their guys late uh, to injuries. Um, so I do think they need to do that. But you know, when you've got Tyreek Hill uh, and and Patrick Mahomes uh, as your wingmen, it's easy to be great. Yeah, I mean. I don't think my ranking of Kelsey at two had much to do with him as it did with, you know, we like George Kittle and 
you know, Kittle had monster games when he was there. He just couldn't stay healthy. I think that would have ended up being a good battle down the stretch, uh, along with uh, the guy who we'll talk about next, who probably, you know, outpaced what we thought. Um, but Kelsey is great, shows no signs of slowing down. And really, you know, going into last year, I think we were prone to think, well, that's going to be more than just Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes. They need more. They don't. And it doesn't look like it is going to be more. Yeah, I mean, Kittle was – I guess we can talk about Kittle since we expected him to be up here. And, again, the injury was definitely part of the reason he didn't uh, finish anywhere close to what we had. He finishes still as tight end 19. Uh, Dennis mm-hmm. had put on here that he finishes number three in points per game, though, with 15.4 points. So, obviously, he was still very productive when he was in there. And, you know, just to Matt's point, even with us knowing Jimmy G wasn't going to be in there with his injury, Kittle still produced with backup quarterbacks the past couple years as well. So I don't think that would have hindered him as at all. I still think Kelsey probably would have finished his one just with how incredible his season was. But I do agree. I think it would have been a very good battle between him and Kittle. I think Kittle would have outscored Waller, who comes in at two. Uh, but it, it would have been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, what do you expect from Kittle, Matt? Because obviously he's still a guy who's getting drafted very high, especially yeah. in tight end premium leagues. And I love Kittle. I think he's not just one of the better people in the game and tight end, but I'm worried because he almost plays that position like you see a linebacker playing on defense, yeah. and he doesn't seem to want to tone it down, which is his game. But at the same time, I think it's leading to some of these injuries, and that's hurting you in the fantasy area. Yeah, I still have him at number two in the the rankings pass I just did. I think his talent's too great. And like you said, we've seen him, um, you know, he had one of his most explosive games because I had him in that tight end premium in Scott Fishbowl when Mullins was his quarterback. And and Mullins, as as we saw, was no great shakes. The biggest thing that holds him back is can he stay on the field? You know, he he gets banged up, like you said, probably because of that physical style. And the quarterback situation in San Francisco is still incredibly unclear. Well, they love Jimmy G, didn't you hear? <laughs> yeah, after you Coach, couldn't trade for anybody else, you yeah. love him until the draft. Him. Yeah. Coach loves him. So did Belichick and still shipped him off. Uh, I think Kittle is, you know, Kelsey and Kittle are going to be at the top of the, the pecking order. Um, you know, for me, with Waller at three, he had he went from 112 to 145 targets. Um, I think that's correct. Where'd that go? 117 to 145. Uh, he did ha- went from three touchdowns to nine touchdowns, and and that may have swayed that. But the top of the the scoring for tight ends. Um, oops, let me find it here. I mean, you had. Kelsey with in 16 games, Kelsey put up 312, 312.8 points. Waller put up 251.9. So Kelsey outscored him by 60 points. Um, and then the third tight end was Hawkinson at 170. I would have I would expect Kittle to be up there in the the, the Kelsey Waller area. But man, after that. If you don't get one of those big three, I honestly I don't think you take a tight end and you, you just punt it. Just wait yeah. till late. You, you, you're probably drafting your wide receiver seven before your tight end. 
Uh, or you're running back five before your tight end if you don't get one of the big three. Well, and now you have Delaney Walker coming back, so I'm sure that's <laughs> – if you saw everybody on fantasy Twitter, he's he's a lock to go right back in the top ten. Are you muted? Am I? No. No. Oh, I wasn't sure if he was being serious. And I thought maybe that was like a joke to because Delaney Walker doesn't matter or something. So I didn't, I didn't know. But uh, uh, no, I think you know, I don't. There's still one more tight end. We'll get to him that I, I think I would still draft fairly highly that I think is has moved into the top three for me, at least. Um, but Darren Waller, as you guys were just talking about, he finished his tight end two this year. Uh, both me and Dennis had him at five. Matt, you had him at four. Again, really good year for Waller. Do you guys expect that to change any, Matt, um, with him? Obviously, you know, it looks like for now, all the rumors were earlier that they might move on from Carr. Now it seems like they're trying to move Mariota and maybe keep Carr. Uh, yeah. do you, how do you expect this to affect uh, Waller moving forward? Offense is continuing to grow again. Offense was not the issue last year for the Raiders. It was their defense. So do you expect Waller to take any kind of step back, maybe be in the same area, especially with them continuing to add weapons and these guys getting another year in this offense in the in the I forgot his name now. My goodness, Rugs, Edwards, those young yeah. wide receivers coming up. Well, and that's the only thing that might eat into, I think, Waller a little bit. You know, we talked, Dennis noted, he jumped up from 117 targets the previous year to 145 targets. I feel like he had poor tight end luck uh, in 2019, only catching three, even though he got over 100 targets, 90 receptions. He's a pretty big goal line guy. Nine might be a little high, but, you know, I would say I feel pretty confident in the six to seven range. And I think he's still going to keep getting around 100 targets. He's a big weapon. He's hard to cover. We saw him do a lot of great things for the Raiders. He he may, you know, his targets may decrease a little bit if they can get an Edwards or a Ruggs more involved. But I think you and I talked about yesterday, Ruggs feels like he is what he is, kind of the big, the big bomber. Edwards, still a question mark. Behind that, Aguilar is a free agent. They cut Tyrell Williams. They still have a young receiving core. He has great rapport, seemingly, um, with Derek Carr. I think that's going to help him moving forward. Yeah, I think for him, obviously, that's going to to be huge, especially because him and him and Carr have that nice little rapport together. And so, if they keep Carr there, I think you know. We, we talked about it, obviously, last year with the rookies, and we'll eventually get into this year's rookie class as well. I, we, none of us were really that big on rugs as a fantasy move. An NFL move made sense for the Raiders, not really for fantasy. Uh, and so I think having Waller there and continuing to be there should be a, um, a really good thing. So Dennis is working on trying to get some audio stuff worked on for him. He, so once he shouldn't happens, have belittled Darren Waller. Waller. I know. That's what happens. But the black curse on so once he does, we'll we'll let him jump in here again and start talking about these tight ends. So Robert Tanyan, though, came in as tight end three. Uh, obviously, none of us had him ranked. I honestly will not. I can tell you I did not know who Robert Tanyan was up until, you know, it became a big deal for him in Creek Bay. What is it that you think um, is his, you know, projection going into 21? Because, again, you know, I, I've talked about they need to add possibly a wide receiver in this draft. They've got Devontae Adams. And then they've got guys because, I mean, we keep talking about how, like, MVS and, um, my goodness, uh, Lizard. Lizard, the Lizard King, Alan Lizard. Yeah, there we go. So Dennis is back. 
Alan Lazard. Uh, you know, we keep hoping that they're going to take a step forward. And Tanya did it in like the first year. He it seemed like ever even entered. And I know it wasn't his first year in league, but it felt like it because we didn't know who yeah. he was. Takes this massive well, step forward. Do you expect that to continue? Well, first, he's a free agent. So, you know, hopefully he, you know, I would like to see him back in Green Bay because I would think, you know, after what we saw last, uh, you know, last season, the biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers is it takes a little bit of time to develop that trust. Well, you saw him get 59 targets. He caught 52 for 586 and 11 TDs. I do you know, that's such a high percentage catch rate and so many TDs. Uh, that to me would be a question about whether I, I don't know that even if he's back in green Bay, you see him finishing his tight end three. I think he comes back, but I thought he was a good fit there. And we've seen Rogers, even when they had Jimmy Graham, when they had some of this starting to use those tight ends, we all thought it was going to be, I think Jay Sternberger, as the tight end taking a step forward, but Tunyon seemed to fit that a little bit better. I hope they bring him back. If he goes somewhere else, I, you know, I don't know what to make of him. Yeah, I think those that knew Tunyon uh, knew him as Jay Sternberger's backup. Uh, he was he had, he was still only fourth on the team in targets. Um, he did have a super high conversion rate at eighty eight percent. So I would expect that to drop into the 70s uh, at least. Uh, that just To me, that just feels unsustainable. So if he is to maintain that production, he is going to have to um, – I mean, part of it was 11 touchdowns that he had, yeah. but he's going to need to probably get at least 15 more targets, I think, to stay and maintain the touchdowns. Uh, with the expected drop in catch rate. And he is a restricted free agent. I just looked that up like Philip Lindsay. I would expect they're going to tender him at a certain mm-hmm. level. So he's most likely back, but you know, you never know. Uh, so number four, uh, another player we did not have ranked uh, was Logan Thomas of the Washington football team. You know, I guess you could really say the same thing as, as Tanya here. Now people knew of Logan Thomas, a little bit different. We knew who Logan it, Thomas was. He was like our 73rd ranked quarterback. Yeah, we just did not expect this, obviously, for him to. For well, if you guys don't know what Dennis is talking about, he actually used to be a quarterback and moved to tight end. Um, I, I don't see why this doesn't continue to work. I mean, he really played really good. He seemed to be a very good option for that offense. Obviously we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. That could change things. Alex Smith. We've, we've always known has been willing to target the tight end, but I think with the way he produced on the field, he definitely deserves to be probably a top 15 tight end into next year. I don't know if I'd have him ranked in my top five, maybe even 10 right now, uh, but he's definitely a guy that I'm willing to take late, like Dennis was talking about earlier, and waiting on your tight ends. He's a guy to be able to take a stab on. Dennis, what are you? What are your thoughts on Thomas? Look, tight end four, tight end eighteen, same dude. It, it it's it's literally such a wasteland after the top three that I I just I don't know that there's really anything you can count on. Uh, you know, Thomas had 110 targets last season, uh, tied for second on the team with uh, J.D. McKissick, uh, of all people. 
So the the second uh, leading receiver with targets was Cam Sims. So I would expect Washington is going to do something in the wide receiver department, uh, whether it's Sims or Harmon or, or the other Sims uh, or a free agent or a rookie. Uh, somebody's going to need to step up across from Terry McLaurin uh, because even at the level that he's producing with the hunt – 134 targets. Uh, I think that I think that Washington is. I, I, you know, I jokingly say that tight end four is the same as tight end 18. I I'm probably not going to be terribly surprised though if, if Thomas finishes top eight. Uh, I I think he's established himself as somebody that Ron Rivera, who's kind of a loyal guy. Uh, has his way of doing things and did that frequently with, with uh, Greg Olson. Yeah. Who just retired. So it's not going to surprise me if, if uh, Thomas still hangs in there in the hundred target range, uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. And I think it will, cause you're talking about not just, you know, I like the player. I thought he did pretty well and maybe he just needed a chance to shine, he had not gotten more than 28 targets in a season prior to coming over there. But, you know, when he got those 28 with Detroit, he caught 16 of them for 173. So obviously he was productive when he was given chances. He saw him get chances and make the most of it. He did do well with Alex Smith. He did pretty well even at the beginning of the season. He started to emerge, you know, when Dwayne Haskins was there. He was basically the, the second reliable option in among pass catchers opposite of McLaurin. And hopefully they'll bring in another receiver and that'll boost the passing game. Hopefully they'll do something at quarterback that'll boost the passing game. I'm going to drop him down a little bit. I'm at 11 right now uh, in my first pass of rankings. But I, I think he's got tight end one potential. Uh, now that you break out the rankings, I got to go look at mine and see where I put them just to see. Yeah, I, I actually spreadsheeted mine and put them up for this one after uh, you asking me all those questions. <laughs> see, Logan Thomas, I have him at, I'm at 16. So, I mean, a tight end too. You know, I, I guess I could see, but we, again, mine is included with, uh, with rookies already, and there's three rookies I have ahead of him because I believe in all three of them coming in this year. So that if you take those rookies out, he'd be at 13 right now for me. So it's still that's close to a tight end one, which is a little bit closer to what you have him at. So uh, I mentioned earlier that there was still one tight end that I would take a chance on drafting early because he's going to jump up some for me. Uh, and that is TJ Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. He finished his tight end five this year. Uh, I It doesn't look like any of us believed in him much. And some of that, I think, is the fact that it just seemed like the old coaching staff really didn't want to get him involved in the offense, and then they did. And he had that breakout season we've been hoping for. I had him at 13. Dennis had him at 10. Matt had him at 13 as well. Again, finishes at five. Hawkinson is a guy I, I would definitely take because I – think his upside is there and I do think that he's going to be one of the top five tight ends moving forward for the next couple years even with a Jared Goff there I I think that you know we saw Higby have good games I think some of that was just Sean McVay doesn't believe in having tight ends on the field where now I think that that philosophy is not going to happen in Detroit Uh, so Hawkinson is a guy that I take a stab at Uh, Matt where, where are you at with Hawkinson how do you think his value may have changed some with Goff we know 
Goff will at least be quarterback for a year. We'll see if they draft mm-hmm. anybody or how they handle that moving forward. So you're, you're saying the Tyrell Williams signing didn't uh, really dent your expectations for who? who? Yeah, who? exactly. Okay. Well, you know, and so part of the reason Hawkinson jumps up to five also is no Kenny Galladay. Uh, Marvin Jones wasn't always there. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, other receivers, and he really benefited and thrived. That being said, there still isn't a ton of receivers there right now. You know, their only returning receivers uh, of note are they they have Geronimo Allison, who had opted out of 2020. Many had probably forgotten he signed a one-year deal coming over from Green Bay. Um, They also still have Quintez Cephas. I liked what I saw as a rookie, but I don't know. You know, and then they have Tyrell Williams. I think Hawkinson is the best and biggest player in the passing game right now. And will still probably be, even if they go get a premier rookie or sign a free agent, it's going to be one of the top two guys. I have him at four uh, in my tight end rankings right now. Yeah, I haven't uh, started my uh, offseason rankings yet. You know, it is interesting. If you look at a point per game, while I jokingly said that about four through 18, um, from tight end four, tight end five through tight end 19, there's a 2.4 point difference in a point per game basis. So that is a, a an extremely large uh, tier of tight ends. I think Hawkinson is, you know, Dan Campbell is a former tight end. Um, and while he probably wasn't, as athletically gifted as TJ Hawkinson. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he doesn't run some tight end centric plays on a game by game basis. Uh, they're going to, you know, if they don't franchise Kenny Galladay and they don't make a big move in free agency, I mean, who's going to be their receiving threat? It's going to be uh, Hawkinson and it's going to be Swift. So you have the potential, Hawkinson does have the potential uh, staring him in the face to, to repeat. All right. So number six, Mark Andrews. He was a guy that we expected to have a much bigger year this year. Again, with uh, I thought that even with Lamar taking a step back, Andrews would still be fantastic. Now, some of that was definitely due to injury. I can't remember. Did he miss? I want to say he missed at least one game. Did he not? Two games. Okay. Two games. So Two he games. was injured a little bit, and I'm sure he was playing while he was injured as well. And that offense just didn't really look the same until later in the year. We all had him ranked at three, um, and I'm pretty sure both Dennis and myself, if I remember, Matt, if you were on this as well, but we talked about him possibly even finishing as being the best the tight one. end. Oh, uh, yeah. Being the yeah. one because of just how much we expect him to, obviously, still finish as, as tight ends. Was it seven? No, six. So, it's not that like yeah. he had a bad season, especially for as bad as that Baltimore offense looked earlier in the year. How do you value him moving forward, though, Dennis? Because obviously he had those that big year a couple of years ago. It takes a small step back. We've seen a couple tight ends step up. Do you still have him as like a top three to five tight end? Do you think he slides back a little bit? You know, I, mean, I know you said earlier like tight end. I think he was tight end eight, tight end 18. There's not big of a difference. So is he above that eight mark or a little bit? Is he kind of like right below that tier one? How do you value Andrews? Well, we've seen Andrews do it before. Um, And so for me, I look at it and think 
not a lot has changed in Baltimore. You still got you still have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. You still have John Harbaugh at head coach. They know what they have in Mark Andrews. And while Marquise Brown did step up, had a hundred targets this last season, uh, I think that that's going to help uh, Andrews by taking some of the pressure off. Uh, the onus will really come down to how much more do you think that we can get out of Lamar Jackson uh, in the passing game? He did, uh, let's see, his, his pass attempts were down about just under, uh, his pass attempts were down about 25 attempts, uh, and his completion rate was down a, a couple points. He was super efficient two years ago with his touchdowns. And I think that helped Andrews. I, I feel like the Ravens are, you know, I think Jackson had that sophomore slump kind of last year. Teams started to figure him out a little bit more. He's a, he's a hard worker. And so I feel like he's going to spend his time this off season working with the coaches and working on the things he needs to do. Uh, no, I don't think he's going to be a, ever be a five thousand yard passer. Uh, he's probably not going to be, you know, have a season where he attempts five hundred and fifty passes. But I could see Jackson moving up into the four hundred and fifty, four hundred and seventy attempt range, uh, which will bode well for Andrews. And, and like I said, I think uh, I, I think. Andrews has shown he can do that. He can be that guy. And and there's nothing about his game that says that we should give up on him. So he's probably going to end up being in my three to six range for tight ends if, if I had to guess where he's going to uh, roll out. Yeah, I haven't met tight end five. I, I still believe he's a big part of their passing game. Um, this last year he, he missed a couple of games, but it was really um, – he had a, about 10 fewer targets, ended up with four fewer receptions. It was really he had fewer yards, didn't get kind of those explosive plays as much, and I feel like that was Baltimore's offense in general. I think if they can get better passing game going to wide receivers, that's going to open things up for Andrews more. And I also think after Nick Boyle got injured, Andrews ended up blocking more. Uh, and having to do more of those kind of traditional tight end things. So for somebody who had kind of what we're calling a little bit of a down year, finishing his tight end six pretty good, I still think he's one of the more bankable options at a kind of crapshoot position. Yeah, but I have him at six right now in my tight end ranking. So I still have him right there. Again, The I have Kyle Pitt ahead of him. I, just, I mean, and I have to because – you know, I, I did claim a tight end named Kyle Pitts was going to have the best rookie season of all tight ends, and if he didn't, I unfortunately have to sing the Michigan fight song. So I need this to happen, so I've got to speak it into existence and got to go with it. So, But I, I'm with you. I think Andrews wanted did take a little bit of a step back. Maybe some of that had to do with Boyle, but I, I expect this offense is going to take a step forward. I know me and you talked about it a couple episodes ago, Matt, that it hurts my heart a little bit to be the guy who's like such a big Lamar detractor last season is not kind of coming around and be like, I think Lamar is kind of going to get better this year. And I, I think Andrews will obviously be uh, a big recipient of that. So it's disappointing, though, to hear that your bets now have, have devolved back to singing a fight song. I thought after the – 
the tramp stamp, the escalation naturally would be to getting the Michigan logo tattooed on the cheek. Well, so here's the thing. I'm not going to be getting the tramp stamp. We saw how good Justin Herbert was last year. I guarantee you Bark is shaking in his pants every day like, oh, crap, this is going to happen. Because Tua is probably not going to be in the league anymore after like next year. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Tua is phenomenal, but... I, yeah, I'm not worried about it. Of course, watch Tua go out there this year and like win an MVP and take the Dolphins to like the AFC Championship. And I'm like, all right, guys, so where are we doing this at? How are we doing this? Beat the Dolphin hit the beach ball right that we agree upon. Sweet. You, hey, you just remember Dennis and I's one request live stream. Live stream? I mean, I fire, fire up the stream yard. How about I'll record it, but I'm not going to live stream because I'm going to have to mute out me screaming like a girl because I'm terrified of needles. So that's going to be bad as it is. That's why I don't <laughs> have a tattoo. So it's not a, it's going to be bad. Mike Gasicki, though, speaking of the Dolphins, uh, had himself a very good year. And we've been talking about this for years. Ever since he blew up the combine coming out of Penn State, like looking, looking like an athletic freak, blowing out all these combine numbers. And we kept waiting and waiting, seeing when this was going to happen even with it's Patrick and Tua in and out at quarterback. And, and he actually did have some good games with Tua down toward the end of the season. We were a little bit lower on him. Matt, Matt, Matt and myself had him at 12. Dennis had him at 14. I expect him to continue to produce this way. You know, I, I do all joking aside, expect Tua to be better next year. You know, we, we can't forget that he was coming off a major hip surgery the year before his rookie season. I mean, we all talked about him probably not playing at all last year and letting Fitzpatrick play out the season. And I honestly think the Dolphins probably should have done that because uh, they might have made the playoffs with the way Fitzpatrick was playing. But, Matt, what do you think about uh, Gesicki? Are you buying into him now as a top-10 tight end? Yeah, I have him at seven now uh, going in. I, I think I liked what I saw. He seems like he's going to be a, a decent uh Part of their attack, he's gotten over 80 uh, targets in each of the last two seasons. Um, really improved his yards per reception. Got about the same level of touchdowns. Got about the same receptions. But I think the real question, probably for him and how high he can go, is is what happens with that passing game and that offense in general. You know, many people expect the Dolphins to make a move at running back. We all expect them to do something at wide receiver. You know, that could help him, that could take away from him. Will Tua progress as a passer? If he gets Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, I mean, you would think that that's going to be good for his long-term prospects too. Well, I don't know about getting Deshaun Watson uh, really improving his prospects a ton. Uh, You know, we didn't have a ton of bankable tight ends coming out of the Houston passing game. I, I feel like Gesicki is sitting on his – he's sitting right there at just about what his ceiling is going to be. Um, you know, 90 targets probably, 80 to 90 targets. He'll need to get a little better with his um, consistency with his hands. Uh, I like him. I think he can be productive. But, you know, right right now I, I feel like there's a lot of – what else what else do they have they have Devonte parker who is a late career breakout uh preston williams was kind of a disappointment because he got injured um who else they got lynn bowden isaiah ford jakeem grant alan hearns opted out 
So it's not like they have a murderer's row of wide receivers. If if the Dolphins bring in somebody like an Allen Robinson or they draft somebody like Jamar Chase, uh, it it could it could really have a negative effect on on Gesicki's uh, target share. Um, because as much as I like Tua, and I do, Tua I think is going to fall into that sort of very efficient, not really high volume type of passing game. I, I think that uh, having Flores as his coach, who much like Belichick, uh, well, he seems to have been the most successful uh, from the Belichick tree to date. Um, you know, he was there when Brady got hurt and Matt Castle had to take over uh, when Brady was young and they had to win with defense. So Flores kind of went through that. He was with the Patriots for a long, long time. And and so I think that he values um, some of that don't turn the ball over consistency, play good defense, which in the end is probably going to be detrimental to a lot of the the passing assets and on the Dolphins team. I know we don't like him, but wouldn't we still have to say Bill O'Brien is the most successful coach out of the Belichick coaching tree? Uh, I mean, right now he won four titles, went to the playoffs. He actually has won a playoff game. I, I, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to talk about it like that, then yeah. Yeah. But I think Flores is, on his way to being, I guess, successful and likable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, adding the a... likability, he hasn't, you know, traded half his team away for a bag of magic beans. Yeah. That, I, hey, I mean, don't you besmirch David Johnson? I wouldn't even call him a magic bean. Uh, you know, yeah. Don't, you know, if you're giving me hot. Maybe Mr. Bean. Yeah. All right. So. This next player is going to be very interesting because he doesn't, at least in my opinion, have much NFL future left, and that is Rob Gronkowski. He came in as tight end eight. Uh, none of us thought he was going to finish this high. I had him at 20, Dennis at 16, Matt at 17. So we all thought he'd finish in a tight end two range. That did not happen. I think a lot of that obviously came with the amount of touchdowns he was able to uh, to score. I can't imagine he has more than a year left. So in all honesty, Gronk is a player that I'm fading completely. Like, I don't care if he comes in and finishes his tight end five next year. You know, if he's a guy, maybe, you know, as Dennis mentioned earlier, maybe you build your whole team and then you take a stab at him late in the draft and then grab another young tight end as well, a Harrison Bryant, uh, you know, I don't even know. One of the rookies, of, well, Irv Smith is going to shoot up boards now with the news we got earlier, last uh, yesterday, whatever yeah. it was. But he's a guy that I take very, very late and expect to get one year out of him. Do you agree with that, Matt? Do you think Gronk has longer than that? I mean, he could. He, he's still only 31. Uh, you know, he walked away because he was, he was beat up. But he seems to be having fun again. If you looked at his, his overall numbers between that and his last year in New England, uh, you know, he had his last year in New England, 72 targets, 47 receptions, 682 yards, three TDs. Last year he had 45 receptions, 623 yards, and seven TDs. So, you know, slightly fewer receptions, slightly less yards, but more touchdowns. I, the other question, I guess, is Brady. You know, we know he's at least coming back one more year. 
I know it seems weird. He he's always said he wanted to play till he was forty five. The guy looks like he could play till he's fifty five based on the way he was playing last week. And Gronk doesn't seem to be motivated about getting a huge contract. He just wants to play with his friend. Brady seems to like that. One year, you know, you're probably getting. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if you get two or three years. I still don't have him ranked very high. Uh, you know, I I put him down at seventeen. But if you're trying to win now, you know. Dennis has talked about this with some of the older quarterbacks. If you're trying to win now, that's a bankable product you can go get. You know, if you look at it on a point per game basis, he's right in that huge tier of 15 tight ends. He actually finished as tight end 16 on a point per game basis. So, uh, he, what he had going for him is he actually played all 16 games last year. Um, he was fortunate that O.J. Howard got injured after four games. Uh, he actually him and Ho- him and Howard were tied uh, in a point per game. So just Gronk paid, played 16, Howard played four. Uh, but do you, they, when you're talking about that, real quick though, do you also think? it felt like Gronkowski got better and got more into the swing of things as the season went on. When you talk about having no real preseason or anything like that, him coming off a year off, was it, do you give any credence to maybe he needed to play himself back into the football flow? Oh, I I do, but he didn't look super athletic. Uh, He, he, even at the end of the season, you know, he, he's, he's a lumberer now. He still, you know, can twist and turn a little bit. Um, but he's not running any quick breaking routes. Uh, he's fortunate that he's six foot seven and 265 pounds. Uh, he's always going to have that advantage over defensive backs and linebackers. Uh, but he also benefited, benefited from, um, Howard being hurt. He benefited from some of the wide receivers, uh, missing some game time. Yes. He's got that that uh, relationship with Brady, I think he'll be, he's definitely back next year. And if Brady plays another year, if Gronk plays all 16 games next year, I think he's back the year after. But for me, I don't think he's anything special. He's, you know, borderline tight end one, probably closer to, you know, 15, 16, 17, where you have him. And he'll have a couple games, I think, that buoy that where he catches a couple touchdown passes. But I, he'll next next year he's going to be uh, fighting for snaps again with with OJ Howard, who's a much better athlete. And uh, frankly, uh, I think his equal as a pass catcher, uh, Cameron Bray. So I I think Gronk is you you know when you're playing tight end roulette and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You can do worse, certainly, yeah. Uh, At tight end nine was Matt's guy, Noah Fant. Uh, We had him fairly close. Uh, Me and Matt actually both had him at nine. Dennis had him at 11, so a very good season. You know, and, and I think it's fair to say Denver's offense wasn't really that great at times, so he still put up a very good season. Where do you kind of see him now moving forward, though, Matt? You know you're going to get Cortland Sutton back, and as we talked about, number one, hey, I love it. Buy into the homerism. I feel like I'm the only one who does that on this show. you got to do it. Face tattoo if he doesn't make it. 
they gotta, you know, obviously Sutton comes back, and then we we know at least it looks like for now Drew Locke is going to be their starting quarterback next year. So where do you see Fant going? Same range, lower, higher? What do you got for him? Uh, I have him at tight end six right now, but that's uh, mostly because I like his long term prospects. I think I think he's still going to be uh, a top two option in the passing game. Um, I think what's less clear to me is how receiver shakes out because they have four four guys that are all going to be vying for targets. I think Fant's you know a top option. We've seen how good he can be. If their offense could be a little bit better and their passing could be a little bit better, that would help. Yeah, I I think Noah Fant is going to be as good as Drew Locke is. I did see today that uh, somebody, uh, Fangio, said that he expected to bring in veteran competition for Locke. Um, Yeah. So that could mean you're in store for another year of quarterback roulette. Um, I have a fair number of shares of Drew Locke, so I hope he just comes out and – has that carefree kind of casual uh, QB 12 kind of season. Um, Fan's yeah. good. He's a really good athlete. He's, he's going to be on the field. Um, I don't think I have any real concerns about uh, Albert O uh, usurping his uh, snap share. I think Albert's just a, he's the same type of player, just not quite as good. Um, so I, I like Noah Fant. He's probably going to be, you know, he, he's another one of those 15 guys in that same tier. Uh, he probably gets moved up for me because of his age. Yeah, I think for me the big the big thing with him is heading into last year, I, I thought he looked like he was tracking to, to be better than Hawkinson, and now they've they've switched back. Yeah, which is disappointing too, because I was I was all about fan coming out. I, I really thought he was gonna be the guy, but hey, he might jump up there. I still believe in him. I'm I'm with you. I think I have him at eight in my rankings right now. So I, I'm right there with you. I still believe in in him moving forward. Hayden Hurst, my best friend this offseason. So you know, for all the crap I gave him all year long, I kept saying he wasn't going to be that good. I ranked him at 10. He finished at 10. So he did exactly, you know, at least what I thought he was going to do. Dennis had him at seven, Matt, you had him at 16. Uh, and, and I do honestly expect him to finish right around here again, even if Matt Ryan continues to struggle. He, Hurst looked more comfortable in the offense as the season went on. I don't know if maybe some of that was obviously completely different kind of system you're running in Baltimore compared to Atlanta. Obviously we know he'll continue to be there. So even with Ryan continuing to struggle, I think Hayden Hurst is going to be a very good player moving forward. I say at worst top 15 at tight end, but I I think he's probably, I actually, he's probably not in my top 12. I say that and he's at 15. So there we go. I'll stick with my original statement, a top 15 tight end. Dennis, do you agree with that? Where do you see Hurst going to 21? You know, he benefited from Julio Jones missing seven games. Uh, you know, Russell Gage had 109 targets last year. So that's that's really – that's Hayden Hurst's competition for targets right there. As long as Ridley and Jones are healthy, they're probably going to at least be 125, 130 targets each, uh, maybe 150 targets each. It, it wouldn't surprise me. So – I agree with you. Hurst did seem like he got more comfortable as the season went on. I think Matt Ryan got more comfortable with him as the season went on. Uh, 
I still, you know, we, we had a lot of Hearst versus Hooper debate last off season uh, because uh, of their switching teams. And, you know, we were fairly accurate that Hearst was going to get more volume, uh, but he probably isn't quite the athlete that Hooper is. Hooper just didn't get the volume and, and, I feel like Hurst had 88 targets last year. I don't see his target ceiling being much over that. Um, only a 63% catch rate, so I feel like that's a little bit low for a tight end. If he bumps his efficiency, if he gets 90 targets and bumps that efficiency up to about 67 or 68, you know, he could come in with uh, 60, 65 catches. 625 yards, 640 yards, somewhere in there. So, I mean, he was second on the team in receiving tight ends, or excuse me, receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I I think he's – I have him at 12 right now. You know, I, I think he's probably in a good position. You saw him, you know, maybe it's Matt Ryan getting more comfortable with him too. Uh, picking it up as the season went on along, you got to remember too. They had no real off season, no preseason, you know, nothing normal. So maybe it was a case of he had to play his way in, and that was part of the reason I had lowered him going in. I just wasn't sure, you know, are we going to be set up? I think everyone uh, that was super high on him, or a lot of people that were, thought he was just going to step right in and do what Austin Hooper was doing. Uh, the year prior, but Austin Hooper wasn't doing that the whole time he was there. He had to kind of build into it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their new coach uses tight ends too, because you know he was the same coach that had Johnny Smith last year, and we always were excited, like, "Oh, Johnny Smith should be primed for it," and and got Jack. So, you know that that's a minor concern, but right now I think he has tight end one potential. Ah, so tight end 11. I just want to say, um, friend of the show, Jerry, made a tight end bet with me earlier in the offseason that one Blake Jarwin would be a top 12 tight end. And I'm pretty sure I told him no shot he finishes in the top 15. Uh, And then after Blake Jarwin got hurt, I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and give, you know, we're just, we'll call it even don't even worry about it because it was like a he has to get me like a brown shirt and i would have to get him like a blake jarwin shirt or something like nothing major but i was like nah you know what we'll just you know even though he got hurt we didn't put any injury stipulations in there and you know dalton schultz is definitely not gonna do it either <laughs> hey, hey dalton schultz sitting there at time and 11 oh my goodness and of course none of us had him ranked we did um oh, i was hoping to see if maybe we had blake jarwin ranked on here but I cannot imagine with how good Blake Jarwin did look before he got hurt that it's not going to be Blake Jarwin who is up in this area for the Cowboys. Uh, but Matt, what do you think? Obviously, you know, we talked about a little bit with the wide receivers uh, last week with the where um, Gallup finished and everything. We thought the wide receivers were going to take a big step forward, but maybe because of the way the defenses were playing them, Jarwin or Schultz are the guys to own in this offense moving forward at the tight end position. Yeah, and to answer your question, Jarwin, you had him 21, Dennis had him 21, I had him 25 uh, going in. So, you know, that would align with your bet where you didn't think he was going to make top 15. Yeah, I really Uh, didn't, and uh, that's looking really wrong. (laughs) Yeah, tight end played good. It is a pretty robust passing game. Um, My 
obviously Schultz was a guy some of us were interested in when he got drafted by the Cowboys, but it seemed like he never really found that spot and Jarwin had kind of passed him even when Witten was there. Uh, my wonder would be, do both of them end up kind of splitting the position with Jarwin back, in which case that's a huge hit to both of them, you know, because where one guy who is getting a lion's share of stuff, you could probably see finishing well. If two guys are splitting that out, you're, you know, you're probably low end tight end too at best. So what if Dallas traded Michael Gallup for Orlando Brown and then went 12 personnel? Um, I mean, fans would have a seizure. That's they'd be a really good offense, I think. I mean, I think both Schultz and Jarwin are good blockers. It helps Zeke out. I think. I mean, I don't know if they'd actually do it, but I think it'd be a good move. I mean, suck for Gallup, but where are you sending Gallup again? Baltimore. Uh, Brown's Baltimore, right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, he'd be instantly the best receiver on that team. I agree with that statement. I mean, I don't know. I I feel, yeah, I I don't disagree with that statement at all, actually. Uh, So 12 is Hunter Henry. He's another one that's going to be kind of an interesting case here. So I had him at six, Dennis nine, Matt five. Uh, I I know we talked about it a little bit. It sounds like the Chargers might franchise tag him. I think he's going to be gone. Um, A team that I actually think would be a great fit for him and, and, he has a little bit of a connection to his New England Patriots. Apparently, Bill Belichick loves Hunter Henry. If you've seen, he's actually mentioned or he's talked about Hunter Henry a couple times and is very much um, someone who likes Hunter Henry's game a lot. I would love for him to go. They don't really have a quarterback at the moment, but the way New England tends to use their tight ends, I think he'd be really good. But outside of landing spot, it's kind of hard for me to predict right now. If he goes back yeah. to the Chargers, obviously, I think he'd still be a really good tight end, and he's got the talent. We've never seen him really put it all together either, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but, Matt, what do you think about Henry? Yeah, I mean, I think he's been good. I have him at eight right now. You know, landing spot could move that up or down. I If he goes back to uh, the Chargers, you know, obviously he was tracking. He had one of his uh, his best years. He, he missed a couple games. But he saw 93 targets, a career high had 60 receptions, a career high. Um, so, you know, I, I think he fit really well in that system. He has the potential if he goes somewhere where he's featured to to perform. I think the biggest questions with him, you know, beside landing spot have always been, can he stay on the field? Yeah, it's, it's, he, he's a good player. He's, he's a tier two tight end, but then again, there's 15 of those. So, yeah. I I just you know it's hard for me to uh, get excited about it right now. I, I think that in dynasty you're gonna probably have him over guys like you know Gronk and Hayden Hurst and Eric Ebron and uh, Jared Cook. You know, but they're all playing, they're all producing at the same level right now. Uh, it, it's tough to, I, I you know I don't know. Uh, the only guy I really could get excited about in this tier, I think, might have been uh, Jonu Smith. And then we watched what happened to him last year and him and his 48 catches, and it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah I was really excited uh, I'm, about that. I'm, I'm like getting the first very half negative. 
I'm getting very negative towards the tight ends, I'm sensing. Yeah. But it's a tough position. It feels like a crapshoot beyond, you know, once you're, like you said, once you're beyond like Kelsey, Kittle, maybe Waller, Hawkinson, you know, there's a wide range of outcomes. No, yeah, there's so actually with- a very narrow range of outcomes, just a wide range of people in it. Yeah. Uh, so this next score 12 guys. Nine and 11 and a half points. Uh, the next, the next twelve guys are, are obviously the tight end twos. We're not going to spend as much time talking about them. Uh, we're just going to kind of go through these guys, uh, especially a couple of these top guys. Are I mean Jimmy Graham? Um, for the most part, I'm done with them. Either yeah. did you have any interest in him? I dropped him out of my top twenty four ranks. I mean, he's still on under contract with Chicago, but it seemed like they were transitioning to commit. And if yeah. they end up needing salary cap, it's not a huge hit to to move on. Yeah, it's the end is nigh. So it's it's you can chalk up Jimmy Graham being fantasy irrelevant, I believe, over the next few games. Cause I don't think he's gonna play much if more than a few games. Eric Ebron with Pittsburgh obviously had an okay season, and we know Big Ben is back, uh, but he is another tight end that I'm fading. Uh there's guys below her below below him right now that I think will jump him. So Ebron, another guy I have, don't have much interest in. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Ebron, though, he kind of falls into that category of, uh, as my dad used to say, uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. So Ebron is a guy that you might roster that he's a bi-week tight end. He's, he, you know, he you could end up starting him for four or five games and he's going to produce really well, catch a couple touchdowns. Um, what do you have? He had 91 targets last season. I don't know if, if I'd count on that, but you know, he can be so inconsistent and, and yeah. the hands are all have always been an issue, but it's not like he, you know, he's still only 27 years old. So, there, there's, I guess there's something there. He's probably towards the top of that tier two, or at least in the top uh, half of it. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram here, who finished 15, he's a guy that I'm a little bit interested in. Uh, finally, had almost a full season of health. Uh, you know, if Daniel Jones can take another step forward, they get Saquon Barkley back. Evan Ingram's a guy I think could be a little bit higher than where he's at. He's the guy that I think will be a little bit discounted. So I have some interest in him. But still think he's a tight end too. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Ingram? Yeah, I have him at 16 right now. I think he's a he's a tight end too. We might have seen his best season because their receivers were pretty much not involved at all. Saquon missing. You know, I, I think – plus I'm not entirely convinced he stays on the field. Yeah, I mean, is he? Are they even going to give him a second contract? Are they going to let him walk? Are they going to basically let him walk? Are they going to say, "Look, we'll keep you, but it's going to be on the cheap"? I mean, he he hasn't been his his hands have been an issue. He's had some injury issues. He just hasn't produced. So you know, great athlete, fir- yeah. firmly in that second tier. Uh, yeah, and, great he had almost no touchdowns last year. Yeah, he only had one, which would be concerning to me for a guy that had a hundred targets and is that that kind of size to to have only one well, who was a red zone I mean, afterthought. 
I think some of that was just how bad that offense was, though. Too. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if I put all that on him, but I mean, yeah. I mean, for a hundred targets and and no, you said no touchdowns. He had one, one touchdown. touchdown. I'm gonna look at their yeah, other tight ends. Uh, I guess that is a little bit concerning. So, um, yeah. speaking of great athletes, John New Smith there is next. I mean, I still believe in John New Smith, and maybe now that Arthur Smith is gone, we'll finally see him do something uh, if he comes back to Tennessee because he is uh, a free agent. He's a guy that I'm still holding on to, him and Tyler Higby, who is next as well, because uh, I think Higby could take a step forward now with Gerald Everett being gone, or at least maybe producing like six games instead of three now that Everett is gone. But uh, those are two guys that I have interest in this second tier. Dennis, what are your thoughts on Smith and Higby? Um, I like the talent of, of both of them. I, I feel like, you know, we, we watched Delaney Walker come over, you know, have a very nondescript first contract with San Francisco and then come to Tennessee and just be a, a pass catching monster. I mean, there were, there was a stretch of about seven or eight years where if you had Delaney Walker, you, you felt like you were set at tight end. And then Smith came in, and he was more athletic and, and could do so much more. And then when he got his shot, it's like they just said, well, forget it. We're, we're not going we're, we're to use the tight end like that anymore now that uh, Delaney is off the team. So I was disappointed with his usage. I feel like he's got the, the skills and ability. Um, it'll be, you know, curious to see where he goes because uh, when you change teams as a receiver, we see it with wide receivers a lot, that they struggle that first year. And so potentially if he changes teams and doesn't have a great year this year, then maybe next offseason it might be the time to really acquire Jonu Smith before a breakout. Yeah, I have Smith at 15 right now. I think it really depends on where he ends up uh, going. Um, we saw flashes. Is he going to go somewhere where he's more featured? Higby, I get what you're saying. I, I, I think he is what he is. They they had um, they took a rookie last year. Just because Everett's gone, um, I'm trying to remember which one they took. Harrison Bryant, I believe, right? Is, or is I one of Harrison Bryant. Bryant. I thought Hunter Harrison Bryant. Bryant. Hunt, Hunter Bryant. Yeah, yeah, Hunter Bryant. I'm sorry. Hunter I'm Bryant. pretty sure it was so, the Bryant, one of the, the Bryant. No, 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 it was Bryson Hopkins. The, the Ram, Bryson Hopkins. The Bryant, yeah, right, yeah. Rams took Hopkins. The so other Bryant. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be convinced that, you know, Higby doesn't end up splitting there. I'm at, at 18 in my rankings. All right, next up is – sorry, I was trying to answer a question for somebody there. Jared Cook, who was just recently released from New Orleans. I, I mean, I think Cook can probably still play. I don't really have much faith in him, but I do think that that means wheels up for Adam Troutman, even if it's, uh, you know, Taysom Hill at quarterback. You agree with that, Dennis? For Troutman? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you I, believe I in – I don't really have anything to add for Cook. I mean, he, he's yeah. he's not good. Next. Well, I mean, I think he's just aging too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's done done. All right. I would be surprised Next if he's up. somewhere for a paycheck, but. Oh. 
Uh, I'm going to put both of the uh, Browns tight ends together here. Hooper came in at 21, Bryant who came in at 42. Uh, you know, Hooper obviously was a guy that we did not really believe in. I mean, we were all fairly close here. 18, Dennis 23, Matt, you had him in 18 as well. Um, and even as I took Dallas got it. Uh, yeah, we'll go to him in a minute. He is somewhat important, but yeah, I did skip him. Um, Austin Hooper, uh, you know, we talked about it on the show Monday or Tuesday. I'm sorry that I do think the Browns will be a little bit more pass happy and pass friendly going into 21. Now that those guys know the offense, that being said, if I had to choose between both these guys, I'm taking Harrison Bryant because I think you can get him later in drafts. And I think he has more upside. Do you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think he has more upside. If if you need Austin Hooper to be your starter, you you need to look at other starters. I I think tight end two is about the best you're going to hope for uh, where he's at right now. I'm uh, I believe at 19 right now. Yeah, I think that either one of them is, is I, I if you're if you're taking Bryant, it's because in 2023. Um, you're hoping the Browns have a more pass-happy offense. Uh, Hooper is going to be what Hooper is. He's not going to produce uh, in this offense with Stefanski and their desire to run the ball and limit Baker's mistakes. Uh, there's there's not going to be the kind of you know two receivers that you can count on at a high level, whether it's two wide receivers or one wide out and a tight end or whatnot. It, it's going to be dicey. All right, so Dallas Goddard, he is a tight end uh, in the league and actually does have some significance here. And I'm going to add Zach Ertz as well because Goddard finished at 20, Ertz at 31. Ertz did deal with injuries. Seems like Ertz might be out in Philadelphia. I know there's a lot of talks about them trading him. Seemed like there was some realistic talk that he might end up going to Indy with Wentz. If that happens, I actually think Wentz's value could shoot up some, but he's really being uh, devalued right now. Goddard, though, the tight end to own in New England. Uh, you know, curious to see how they- Yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, too. One of those places. Uh, I do think, obviously, it's... Jalen Hurts there scares me some with Goddard, but I, I do think that his value, he has a lot of upside. So Goddard's a guy who I think will move up and will Ertz, depending on where he lands. I don't think Ertz is done. He's still a very talented tight end. But Dennis, how do you value uh, these two guys? I, Man, I'd love to see a breakup. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, I'm not a huge Hurts guy. Um NFL teams believe in him. I'm coming around to the Konami code quarterbacks that that have the, you know, they they can run well. Uh, and Hertz provides that. Hertz, I, I just don't think he has the anticipation that I look for. But with tight ends, I think, you know, they tend to have to work more in an underneath zone, find an open spot, and maybe that plays more to Hertz's strengths than I'm uh, giving it credit for. Um, Goddard is clearly the more athletic of the two, but both, uh, Hertz and Goddard or Ertz and Goddard missed five games and Ertz actually out targeted Goddard. So, you know, I feel like at least, I I feel like one of them is going to end up being a higher scorer than we expect. Trying to think, let's see. You know, it doesn't look like either one of them 
on a per game basis. You know, Goddard was about 10th and Ertz was about 23rd, somewhere in that range. So Goddard uh, was, I think he scored more touchdowns than Ertz, um, had some more, he had a much higher catch percentage um, and yardage. So, you know, Goddard's the way to go, I think. Yeah, I expect Ertz uh, to move on from Philadelphia. Goddard missed several games uh, last year, too. I have him up at 10. I think he's got good potential, and especially if he can have the position, you know, kind of kind of be the guy. <clears throat> I have Ertz at 14. I'm with you. I don't think he's done yet. Uh, landing spot's going to matter a lot. If he goes to the Colts and they kind of move on from Jack Doyle, which has been rumored, I might bump him up, actually, um, you know, because he – you know the reason he out targeted Goddard is largely because of his his chemistry with Wentz, um, and that would be a real nice uh, fit for the Colts. Um, since I had already talked about, um, my goodness, uh, Jimmy Graham yeah. earlier, I forgot to mention uh, that Matt, you brought up Cole Komet. We should have talked about them together. How do you guys view Cole Komet moving forward? As Matt mentioned, they seem to be kind of transitioning more toward toward the end of Chicago season. You know, I'm still not sold on him. I think he's got a shot, but I think he more, in my opinion, at least more realistically falls in this group that we're kind of talking about right uh-huh. now. He's not a guy that I'm really that high on. Dennis, how, how do you value Komet? I, I think that it's there's just so much of a wasteland in tight end. I if I roster him, it's probably as the tight end three, hoping for a breakout in a couple years. Chicago has quarterback issues. If I had to sit here on March 4th and put, say, which coach I think is on the hottest seat right now, I think it's Nagy in Chicago. So it's hard to tell. You know, it It's a true lottery ticket. He definitely has some athletic ability, uh, but I don't know where that offense is going. Uh, He still has to deal with Jimmy Graham. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Today he does. So I'm I'm not looking for him to be the next George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, I like the potential. Chicago started using the tight end a lot more in their offense last year, especially in the red zone. That's what buoyed Jimmy Graham up. He had eight touchdowns. Komet started to come on at the end of the season. I have him tentatively in my initial dynasty set at 20, um, you know, before we've added in rookies and stuff. I, I think there's there's some good potential there. I think even if Graham stays, they were moving at, even toward the end of the season toward uh, Komet, and they want to get him a bigger role. He was a pretty high uh, draft pick for them last year. But I'm with Dennis. It, when you're in that range, yeah, it's sort of a wish and a prayer. So I'm going to kind of skip over the most, in my opinion, the interesting guy left. We'll save him for last. Uh, so Chris Herndon and Dawson Knox, both uh, Chris Herndon, I think is I think it's finally time to just let that go. Uh, you know, and it hurts to say that, uh, but I think Stop it's it. go ahead. Stop it. Well, it's not you know, when you hear it. the when you hear the Jets talking about things like they need to get a real tight end. That's not a great sign. I mean, Stop it's it. not great, but it's not Stop the it. end. I mean, it's not over yet, Matt. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, look, 
we talked, you know, we drafted him in uh what was that? It was a redraft league where like two of us drafted him actually at like the <laughs> end of the draft that, that because was we the believed in him so much. So uh <laughs> you know, I will say if you're taking him like the round 30, like we took him, hey, I'm all for it. But I, I just I'm at this point, he's a guy like if you take a stab on it. <laughs> has to be one of your last picks and you're hoping for the best, but I'm, I'm kind of out on that. And Dawson Knox for me as well. You know, I love Knox. I, I know Matt, me and you've talked about him before. We're big fans of him, but just with the way Beasley's come on in that offense and digs, I, I, I don't see it from Knox. So neither one of these guys, I think have much room to grow from where they're at now. Do you agree with that, Matt? Disagree? Yeah. I mean, I think Knox probably is perpetually going to be a tight end three. Because uh, I just don't know that there's enough volume, but we saw some flashes in the playoffs and at the end of the season. You know they haven't forgotten he exists, um, but that's probably where you know he's he's kind of a tight end three. Chris Herndon, this off season is going to make a lot of difference. I initially didn't have him, then I was looking at it and I, I threw him back at 25 because apparently, like you, I'm not ready to quit him yet. Um, I need to be hurt again before I'm out on him uh, completely. I just feel like there's still such an opportunity. Uh, for him, and and we thought he might actually have more opportunity when Gase was gone. But if they go and make uh, make a big move at the tight end position, I think that'll tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, I mean, the caveat I would put out there is if they make a big move at the tight end position, clearly uh, it's over. But uh, Herndon is uh, another in, in what's turning out to be a long line of athletic tight ends out of the University of Miami. Um he has had some struggles these first two or three years, but he's got the tools. And I think he's been around with Darnold and the rest of the team long enough that I, I feel like there's got to be a level of confidence that's been built just by practicing together over these years that hopefully his athletic ability will start to come through. And now that you have a coaching staff that, maybe knows how to use a tight end or maybe even is willing to try to use a tight end. Uh, I went out, uh, our, our guy, Evan Lucian at uh, Dynasty Nerds wrote uh, an article about Chris Herndon a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I've always been a Herndon fan. So I went out in pretty much all of the leagues that I didn't own Herndon in. I offered fourth round picks for him to see how many people yeah. would say, okay, uh, I, I think I went as high as the 307, but like I've got the 303 in one league and I'm, I, I'm decent at tight end. So I was like, I'm not going to offer the 303, but I got a couple more shares. I think I roster Herndon now in like si on like six out of 19 teams. Um, you know, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't, but I, I like to increase your sadness uh, yeah. for the upcoming season, your frustration. All right, so uh, I'm going to group these next two together because they're both technically free agents at the moment. Um, and surprisingly enough, the first one I'm going to read is at least a little bit intriguing. He did do something in Arizona, and that's Dan Arnold. Uh, and then obviously Gerald Everett, who I would say is a really good tight end, but just with the way he was used it with the Rams and mixed in with Tyler Higby, we didn't get to see much of him again. For me on both these guys, I have more interest in Everett than I do Arnold. Uh, but it's going to depend on where they land. I can't even begin to think or even try and really rank them not knowing ahead of time. Do you agree with that, Dennis? You you kind of in on either one of these now? Don't really care? Or how you how do you look at these guys? Well, 
you know, Arnold is one of those tight end wide receiver hybrid types, much like Everett. And so it's it's going to be a situation where a team has to decide that they want to use that type of player. Um, you know, Kingsbury didn't use the tight end a ton. Uh, he didn't use the tight end much in college, and he didn't doesn't use the tight end much in the NFL. So, uh, you know, Arnold did have four touchdowns and a 14.1 uh, yard per catch average on just 31 receptions. So there's some ability there, but again, there's such a big tight end wasteland. It's hard to to put any faith in. It's tight end is the true show me position. You show me you can do it year in and you out year out, and then we're willing to pay up for it. But if you haven't showed me you can do it for more than one year. I'll just take a shot on somebody else that's going to be, you know, three times cheaper. Yeah, if, if either of those guys lands in a good spot, then maybe I'll come back to it. But for now, not, you know, especially like you said, there's some good rookies coming in. Um, we have some guys that were rookies last year that are, that are ascending. Um, and there's not a ton of teams that are just peppering their tight ends with targets. All right, so the last tight end we'll talk about today, and we'll we'll save the NFL news, I guess, for Mondays. We went to actually had a little bit more discussion on some of these guys than I thought we were going to. Again, Ty, as much as we trash the position, it, it has some very interesting players, at least for sure. Uh, and that's Irv Smith, and and we talked about it a lot. I know, uh, I believe Dennis and myself were very high on him, and me and Matt actually nailed the ranking here at twenty two, and Dennis was higher. Uh, than, than us on him at 15 and, and the biggest concern was how you know was more involved was he going to be with Kyle Rudolph there Rudolph is now gone the Vikings have let him go so Smith's going to be the guy you know I know a lot of people keep talking about at least I saw there was a lot of people saying hey Irv Smith get him now he's going to be even better and then you had the other side saying well he's going to be fourth though in targets because you've got Jess Jefferson Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook there with that being said, Irv Smith is a fantastic athlete. Like, I do think he could be very viable. He's a guy that I'm very intrigued by. I, I think you're probably going to have one person in each draft that's more willing to pay more for him than you are and draft him a lot higher than you are. But if you can get him fairly late, I do think he's a guy who could jump from that 22 position up to close to 12 uh, with that offense, especially if – they continue to end up having to throw the ball and, and use the offense as much as they did this year because their defense is just not that good. Matt, what are your thoughts on Irv? Yeah, I jumped him up a lot. I'm at nine right now. I'm wheels up. Uh, you know, you look what what he and, and Rudolph did um, last year. He had 43 targets. Rudolph had 37. If they all kind of – come his way that's that's 80 that wouldn't be the fourth best you know no dalvin cook only had 54 targets he played 14 games um so it's not like they were exactly heavily targeting uh the running back um so he would probably be the third option in the passing game uh he he's a good goal line target he may not get all of of rudolph's targets but if he's in the 60 to 70 target range we've seen tight ends uh don't have to ha don't have to get a huge amount of targets and receptions to be able to have a big impact in fantasy. 
Yeah, I, I think last season the guy who impacted Smith's targets the most was Justin Jefferson. I felt like going into the season, you know, we knew Jefferson was good. I, I don't think we really thought he was going to turn in a 125-target season as a rookie. I, I think most of us felt like that that was his potential, but you, he probably wasn't going to realize it in year one. Um, Smith is, uh, I, like, I just did, finished a startup last week, and – Smith was the tight end 11 off the board. Uh, It has Scott Fishbowl scoring on the offense. Um, I I took him at tight end 11. It was in the 13th round. Um, And it it has, we start nine IDP with IDP one, two, three scoring. So IDP, the significant number of IDPs had went as well. But I was super happy to take Irv Smith at that point as my tight end one. And that was before Kyle Rudolph got cut. Uh, I think Smith, prob- if he if he finished as tight end five this year, and I'm not planting any flags yet, but if he did finish as tight end five, uh, I would not be the least bit surprised. All right, so that wraps up our um, talks on all of these positions for the 2020 finishes. We can now finally move forward as we're about to hit free agency next week. We'll talk about uh, franchise tags. Obviously, we've got we know where some players are signing as of, at the moment, even though they can't technically sign yet. Matt and I will talk about those on Monday. We'll dive more into free agency once Dennis jumps back on again with this Thursday, and then it'll be wheels up for the NFL draft as we are already getting close to draft season as well. It's ridiculous. We're already almost a quarter away, quarter of a way through 2021. It feels like 2020 just ended like five minutes ago. So thank you guys uh, so much for listening. I keep, I never say this, but I got to remind myself to keep saying it, subscribe, rate, and repeat. You know, we, we used to get a lot of those and then that kind of died off maybe because we kept forgetting to remind people. So if you guys have time to do that, it would mean a lot to us. Obviously you can follow Matt at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, Dennis at culture underscore coach and myself at sports fanatic MB. Everybody have yourself a good weekend and Enjoy one division tomorrow night because me and Matt will definitely be talking about that as well on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly! Only they tackle him at the point of line. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play?